everyone. As you'll see from the video, this is a haircut later and uh, quite a long time since I actually recorded the recorded the video. Uh, Joran uh, is an excellent guest. It was my it's my first in person podcast uh, that I'm publishing, so excited for that. Um, wanted to mention one quick thing before we get started. Since recording, Joran has become a father of two young girls. Uh, so congratulations to you and to Aileen. Um, extremely happy for you and uh, wishing you all the best for the future there. Um, as you'll see from the conversation, we get into all sorts of things around coaching, around philosophy, around uh, philosophy of winning, around competition. Um, I think he, he makes some really interesting points about habit and, and um, he, he's been running every day. So uh, yeah, check out his YouTube channel as well. Make sure you subscribe, but hopefully you'll enjoy this conversation with him. Uh, one quick mention before I carry on, uh, Mental Fitness Mondays. It's a project I've been working on. Uh, it's now done four weeks and going to do another four weeks up till Christmas time. Monday evenings, just 30 minute slot, um, 9 p.m. Central European time, 8 p.m. in the UK. I'm live streaming with my friend Rory Berry on my YouTube channel, but also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, we're taking on mental fitness uh, and having conversations around that different topics each week so next week's play for example last week was humanity and nature um so yeah hope you enjoy that and uh join in you can come and join in live in the conversation as well even anyway let's get into the conversation with Joran. thanks hi you're listening to wimbledon hosted by me nick ray Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited today. This is actually, I'm always very excited when I start my podcast, but I am particularly excited today because look, physical person in the <laughs> podcast, not a, not a recorded uh, online video. So uh, I'm very happy to have Joran Winblad, Winblad, sorry, I'm Winblad, I'm not sure. Winblad, uh, it's Winblad. either way. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, he is Swedish, so I was trying to get his name correct on the, uh, on the pronunciation. We're actually in his ground now, his, his uh, orienteering, um, OK Moss, orienteering club Moss, which is a place here in Norway. Uh, and he's kindly allowed me to come and run with him through some swamps. So we've just been for a run. So I've got very wet feet right now. Thank you, Joran, for that. Uh, uh, and we've got a little bit of footage I'll splice in somewhere along the way. So hopefully for those of you watching this podcast on YouTube uh, can enjoy that. So Joran is a YouTuber and that's how I found him. But he's also many other things. And Joran, to start with, I'm going to throw it over to you to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about your history and, and how you got to be here in, in Moss. Yeah, so I try to keep it uh, <laughs> short. But as you say, I'm, uh, I'm a uh, Swedish guy. I'm uh, 29 uh, years uh, old and... Uh, I live here in uh, Moss in uh, in Norway, and uh, I really love to be out running in the forest, just like we <laughs> we did uh, earlier today. And uh, yeah, a lot of my life has been surrounded uh, around the sport of orienteering. Maybe we'll get into what that is later <laughs> for those who don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe there'll be people who don't know. Yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, like my my younger years and like my years as a young adult, uh, a lot was uh, about trying to get a. Uh, to become an as good uh, orienteering runner as uh, possible and uh, but uh, nowadays like uh, my elite career has uh, <laughs> has been over but uh, I still still train a lot and love to be active in the outdoors and uh, uh, as a profession nowadays I do a couple of different things I work uh, through my own uh, company since uh, a couple of years back where I've done uh, different things but uh, what I do most of uh, right now is that I'm like a freelance uh, filmmaker or videographer and 
and makes uh, videos and films for brands mostly like in, like in the outdoor and the sports uh, field. But my, my education background is that I'm a physiotherapist, so I've been also working quite a lot the last couple of years with the, the Swedish national orienteering team as a physio and uh, health coach there. And then, as you say, I also have a YouTube channel, so <laughs> when I have a, a spare day off, I put a lot of effort into my YouTube channel where I basically yeah, share some of my adventures and really want to inspire as many people as possible to, to an active uh, lifestyle. And uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm uh, here in this uh, location right now. We're actually in the clubhouse, as you said, that, uh, for the club that I'm a head coach uh, for, where I coach some youngsters and juniors who want to become really good orienteering <laughs> runners. So, yeah, I do a lot of different oh, things. <laughs> yeah, so there's quite a lot to get into. Uh, no. It's always a, a bit weird when, when new people ask me what I do, and I need to start, okay, I do this, and then I do this, and then I do a little bit. <laughs> I do a few different things, yeah. No, but that's, that's awesome. And if you don't mind, I'm going to take some notes whilst we, whilst we go. So yeah, no hopefully problem. that's not super weird. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, uh, so I guess you're right. Maybe people don't know what orienteering is. Uh, so why don't you explain a little bit about what orienteering is first and foremost? Yeah, so to put it in uh, simple terms, it's basically us running uh, through the forest with a compass and map, and then you have to find your way to the finish line. And on the way, you have to, to find uh, what we call uh, control points, which is basically yeah, checkpoints on the way. So you, you need to run really fast and be good at uh, navigating with a map and a compass uh, in the same time. So it's uh, like, yeah, it's an en endurance running sport, but uh, you also need to use your head <laughs> quite, quite a lot out there in the forest. It's a lot of fun to sort of see people doing orienteering because they, they, like a normal run, you watch, you know, like marathon, or whatever, everyone's running in the same direction, kind of you know, along a path or whatever. Yeah. When you're watching people doing orienteering, they're running like across each other, across fields and things and like yeah, yeah. scrambling up hills and stuff to try and find the next checkpoint. Yeah, yeah. As, as orienteering runners, we often like run on places where no one else would run. I think uh, <laughs> when me and Nick went on a run there earlier today, you got to see some uh, some places I don't think you would have run on otherwise. No, no. Your own turns around to me and goes, I hope you don't mind getting your feet wet as we stood in a swamp. I was like, no, not too, really, too not late. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really didn't mind. It was yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yep. So yeah, and you said that there's a race coming up actually that's dedicated to the swamp area yeah. or something. So you guys are really making it nice for yourself. <laughs> yeah, cool. So in terms of then competitive life, you've obviously competed yourself, uh, and you've also been a coach, as you said, and, and a physio. So I yep. guess you have a lot of insights into the competitive world. What's your What's your philosophy around winning? Like, what, what, like, what do you? Because running is a very personal sport, yeah. very individual. We even talked about it on a run. You know, it's it's very much about you against yourself. Mm. So then, in terms of winning, or, or at least achieving your dream or achieving mm. great things, what's your sort of philosophy around that? I think it has changed quite a lot uh, over the years because, as I said, I was like really serious and into the sport of orienteering, and I, I for sure wanted to become a world champion and and. Uh, put a lot of uh, years and hard effort into training and trying to become as good as possible. And and back then, I mean, I th it was like the, the number before your name in the result list that was uh, determined if you were <laughs> winning or not for sure. And <laughs> if I, if I was, uh, if it was a way too big number there, I knew that I wasn't <laughs> winning. But, uh, but since I, the last couple of years, I've been like uh, competing uh, less and focused on different areas in life, I for sure like, uh, feel like uh, 
winning is not only about like being being number one. I mean, we all start from uh, from different uh, starting points, and uh, and uh, what I've learned from working with like some of the be- best athletes in the world is that if you if you want to become like the best in something, then you you gotta be like hardcore focused on on only that thing, mm. and and put all your effort and and do a lot of sacrifices on other areas. Uh, in life and for me i i have <laughs> guess had a bit too many interests and uh, i wanted to become a physio and on the like studying to that at the same time as i was trying to to compete at a, at a high level and so and of course uh, if you want to get the best results you need to focus on one thing but for me as a like my personality i don't think it fits to just focus on on one thing uh, thing all the time mm. so i guess like for me winning is is more of of like waking up every day and do something that you feel is important and that you do your every every day do your your very best and uh, yeah just also like do something that are not only good for yourself and good for other people mm. that uh, at least i feel like i i have I have won a day when i have gotten to, to like uh, help other people in a in a good way and that's why i love like coaching and uh, especially working with, like with really young kids and juniors and try to be a good influence in in their life and then uh, yeah so, so, so it kind of yeah. gives you a sense of sense of purpose i suppose and yeah. i mean what i'm hearing is a sense of purpose is, for you is and achieving that purpose yeah. is winning you know yeah. which, which i think is awesome actually yeah. I, I love that i love that uh, yeah. that philosophy i suppose yeah. if you call it that um, and I understand, I mean, I, I can tell, so <laughs> I was telling you, I before, before, when we met, when we were running, so it feels very strange because I binged watched your videos <laughs> and, uh, and obviously I know a lot about you, but you know very little about me because you're on the internet and you're, you know, obviously at least the personality you put out on the internet, which I'm feeling is very <laughs> similar to how you are. Uh, you become as a watcher you become or an audience you become quite connected or you feel quite connected to the person so i i feel like i know you quite well <laughs> but i i one one or two things i've noticed within that is you're obviously very competitive or, or have a competitive streak yeah. whether or not that's you know you you you've reframed your competitive yeah. nature around the number versus yeah. the challenge but the youtube videos you put out there you've done some incredible challenges for yeah. yourself like <laughs> the 100 kilometer ultra marathon race up and down mountains yeah. in, in norway but also you're running up ski hills and, <laughs> and trying to get you know the best time you can you're doing you know under nine minute three kilometers which is crazy <laughs> for someone like me to imagine but uh, so what would you say about that sort of that competitive nature how how have you found it best to to adapt that to your day-to-day life and and also as you exited hardcore competition mm-hmm. and sort of got a job as a physio got right. a job as a coach and you know had to stop having a number before your name yeah. for everything <laughs> how did you adapt to that and how do you think that plays a part in your life now yeah uh, for sure as you say have a, a very like competitive person that started from, <laughs> from my early age i wanted to compete in everything and i've been like uh, competing in sports since i was very little and uh, and uh, it's really in my nature to to want to compete but uh, uh, as you said i, I try to adapt it to, to the things i do now and it is for sure a challenge for example when you're when you're working as a physio before i was working at a physiotherapy clinic 
it's very hard to to know if you're winning or not because <laughs> basically if you if you treat the pa patient uh, once and they go home and uh, they are healthy and they have no problems anymore that uh, for sure feels like uh, like winning uh, in a way but you never know if they they would have been uh, uh, like uh, injury free if they uh, hadn't gone gone to you either yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you never get that like th that's what i really love about sports that you really get the direct feedback okay today you didn't win today you did bad and or <laughs> today you did really good today you won so and also like in in my like filmmaking it's it's nice when i get a lot of like positive feedback on something i've done but uh, it's it's just subjective like you then it's uh, you don't get that black and white uh, answer but but as i said like i try to adapt it like like if i do my my very best i know that i can uh, uh, go to sleep uh, happy and that's uh, that's really important for me to always um, take everything i do really serious and try to really bring my my a game and do, do my best in everything i do and uh, yeah, but but for sure it's a struggle some sometimes when I don't know if I'm doing good or yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The metrics, I suppose. Actually, I, I, maybe some of your YouTube audience might be watching or listening to this at yeah. some point. And uh, if that's the case, I'm sure they'd they'd be interested to know. Is like, how do you how how do you make how do you make yourself targets on like on knowing whether you've done a good job or not because you've had some great success this last year. I think you've gained 20,000 subscribers yeah. or something amazing, you know, which is, which is incredible and congratulations. Mm -hmm. But obviously you can see it's a lot of hard work involved mm -hmm. in that and a lot of time, but obviously just the subscriber number, that's one metric. Mm -hmm. Do you set yourself targets or anything or do you, because the other danger is of course you get too hung up on the numbers and, and then get, yeah. it, it can affect you negatively yeah. if, you, if, it, if it doesn't perform the way you yeah. expect. So how do you do that with you? How do you navigate that landscape? Yeah, yeah, I have for sure set some targets. Like for this year, I I had a goal to get over 20,000 uh, subscribers. So I, yeah. I, I set those kind of goals, <laughs> but, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite hard with YouTube because there are so many different factors that play in. And for sure, I, I know that I, could make some videos that would gain uh, more views but but it, it's not like my only goal with youtube is not to get as many views yeah. as possible because uh, it's it's really like a creative outlet for me where i want to share the kind of videos that i want to do mm. especially now when i work a lot with different clients where i yeah it's that's <laughs> really fun as well but then there are someone who tell, tells me you need to do this and on my youtube channel i can do exactly uh, what I want and and like uh, like the metrics as you say like of course it's nice when I get more subscribers and views because that hopefully at least in the future means that I can earn a little bit of money uh, mm. from mm. it and uh, put uh, more time into it but the, the main like driver and the motivation for those YouTube videos is to inspire many people and it's mm. so cool that you online can can reach so many videos and some of the comments I get where people get inspired and I even got in comments like people who said they started training or running just because they saw one of my videos and just like one of those comments is enough for <laughs> keeping me motivated uh, for a long time to put in <laughs> the effort to make those uh, videos because that really feels meaningful uh, for me in a good way. I totally understand that. Funnily enough, I mean, obviously... Uh, this is tiny this this podcast this is my reach my presence online is tiny com comparatively absolutely tiny 
but uh, but I had the same attitude. I was like, if 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 one person yeah. is inspired by it, then I've won because for me, it's it's been really interesting yeah. to meet all these different people that I've been talking to, and I'm learning from this experience. But also, there have been one or two people who've reached out and said, there's one or two people who've sort of said, oh, you know, I really found. I know Martin Frolander, the guy you talked mm. about, one person commented on that and said, you know, actually it's saw better ways that they could be a father. And yeah. I thought, well, that's <laughs> fantastic. You know, so I managed to connect that part yeah. of the world together and that felt great. So yeah. I, I totally get that. And of course, I've seen your comments and you have a lot of people you're inspiring, <laughs> including me. I mean, I think I think the first thing I, the first video I think I mainly saw you in was this 100 kilometers Strand, Strander, is that yeah. right? Strander, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Ultramarathon. And uh, I mean, <laughs> you're quite fortunate having Norway's epic uh, <laughs> landscape yeah. to play with as well. It's so. a, sort of a shit thing being a videographer in this landscape. <laughs> you just have to hold up your camera and then you get those beauty <laughs> shots everywhere. So. Any Norwegians <laughs> listening are going to love hearing that, but because uh, they, of course, all take it very personally that their yeah. country is, is uh, there. So, so, uh, <laughs> so they're very proud of it. But yeah. uh, no, it is. It is epic and for those that are listening or watching or whatever definitely check out Jan's uh, YouTube and subscribe and uh, and and check out those videos because they are you've got some incredible footage out there but what's been the sort of toughest part of the journey for you and, and I guess in terms of like either YouTube or switching from being a physio and going into videography what's like it must have been challenging so what's what have been some of the tough parts for you uh, yeah for sure everyone has a lot of tough uh, tough parts of their life that they they need to to go through and for sure like the the transition for me like being a really competitive uh, elite orienteer to to finding other like passions in life was uh, because you it was pretty difficult because you identify so much of uh, of being a, <laughs> like uh, an athlete and then you find yourself okay what am i if i'm, I'm not an, an athlete anymore and uh, uh, I've, I've actually made a video about uh, this when i i made a video about uh, when i started to run every morning and the reason why i started that was that i go, was going through a pretty tough time where i got some problems with my heart and uh, the doctors found that i have a, a heart condition that i was uh, born with and uh, for a while, like it sounded from doctors, and I thought that okay, I will never be able to to get my heart rate up again. I will never be able to like push myself hard physically, and that was like okay, this has been my whole life. This is what I've been doing for uh, yeah, for my whole life, and it's so. And I realized how important it is for me to to not not only be racing, but like the training and the process and doing that uh, that every day. So facing that was was uh, was really tough and now i'm really lucky that i'm i'm allowed to to train normal again and uh, and uh, push my body hard at least uh, for now and uh, so so but that that's like when you go for those parts of life where you have to redefine what you are is quite tough but uh, i guess it's it's really important to to try to find uh, <laughs> like uh, to, to know who you are and not like just focus on what you we are doing right yeah yeah uh, interesting 
I'm just reflecting back on a, a conversation I had. So I, I managed to interview a, a gold medalist in the Olympic from the Olympics. Okay. It's the captain of the American swimming team, actually, yeah. Christina Toysha. And she was talking about, I'm not sure if she talked about it on the podcast, actually, but uh, maybe we talked about it afterwards. But she was talking about um, the fact that, you know, a lot of young people, kids and things are pushed into, especially swimming, because she coaches as well. Mm. She sees parents pushing their kids into mm. swimming and kind of becomes what they love. Yeah. And then it's like this pathway that the parents just want them to be on this pathway to yeah. sort of super success. I'm yeah. definitely not saying you're opposed to that at all, but, <laughs> but then you're person becomes your your you know your being your, yeah. your whole purpose becomes around this yeah. and it defines who you are yeah. and yeah if, if for whatever reason you then have to step out of that yeah. it's i think it, she, she mentioned about how difficult it is to find yeah. that other sense of purpose and that other sense of being and understand mm -hmm. who you are so i think I, I mean i think it happens to a lot of people not just in a competitive setting yeah. like as you grow older you begin to realize what are my priorities yeah. you know like they change they shift relationships you thought were absolutely golden and going to be here forever they don't work and then you know or friendships they they, they change and yeah. and uh and that's that's really tough so it's an interesting it's an interesting point but i, I guess with medical stuff it's so yeah <laughs> it's so tough because yeah. you're right you can't control no. the medical side of it no. and uh, and things but i guess i mean it must be that because I've seen some of the challenges you've done, and your heart rate must have gone through the through the ceiling on some of those things with the with the hill climb and stuff. So I guess you're healthy now, and yeah, and, and I, I, have it under control. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm healthy. It's like I have this condition that I was born with, and it will not go away. And and most of the people who have this thing that I have have to do surgery when they get get older. But uh, I do like checkups, and uh, it it um, the doctors at least don't think that uh, pushing my heart in a in a challenging way won't make it worse. And uh, and what I really struggled with was that I, that I got a lot of like extra beats, so it was like twenty four seven. It was like uh, getting these extra beats, uh, but that has completely stopped since a year ago. So, okay. so now I'm <laughs> feeling very healthy, and I'm so and I'm so grateful now that I get to run and. And I think like going through that period really like like uh, like I, I really found back to the love that I had when I was younger of uh, training and running and and racing, because when you're in that like competitive bubble and just want to see result, like it's it's easy to forget why you're doing it that mm. you actually do it because you enjoy it and not just because you want to get a really good result. So like yeah since i've been able to start training again i just i'm i'm so grateful every time i get to push my body and get to, to experience that feeling again yeah. so i'm gonna ask you a question which i have a sense of the answer already but i'm interested to know your answer <laughs> specifically uh and i'm sure a, a few of the people who've got this far in the in the <laughs> in the podcast will be probably keen runners or at least interesting in running yeah. I'm interested to know for you, you said about that feeling when you're running and that, that sense, mm. what is that? Like what, how would you, how, how can you define that? What does it give you uh, sort of <laughs> specifically that you think is special? I have a feeling I understand a bit about yeah. it, but it, I have my version. So. Yeah, it's this thing runners called runners high. <laughs> I mean, but what was interesting that I like, I get what you're uh, going after, like the feeling of like running, especially in nature. It's uh, yeah, you feel high on life, and like the run we was on earlier. It's especially with if you do it with another person, like the conversations you have when you run, and like you get all those endorphins, and yeah, it's just an amazing feeling. But 
uh, what people don't talk about so much is that it's for sure not every run that <laughs> that's that great. <laughs> I mean, to be able to experience those runs when you runs where you really get those nice uh, feelings and really enjoy yourself, you need to do a lot of runs where you, where it's just not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the truth. But but even like those days when you go out, you don't want to go out and run, but you still go out and it's okay. But you just want to basically to get back home. But those days you still feel a lot better afterwards and you get so much more energy through, through the day and and you get all these, these like other benefits. So even those days when it's not like a great experience to run, it's still like always worth it. <laughs> You're such a positive guy and I, 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 it's got me giggling inside because I remember watching one of your videos where you're like, you're, you're basically obviously in a bad mood because it's raining outside <laughs> and you don't really want to go running and you run every day right and pretty yeah, much yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I run, run every day. day so um and you you've caught it on video but you've kind of kept this upbeat nature about you <laughs> but it's very clear from like oh i'll go and get my running jacket then i guess <laughs> because it's raining and then in the run you're filming yourself and you're saying like wow it's so great once you get out in the rain it's always so yeah. nice to run and i'm, I'm like I can just feel that feeling when you had to walk out the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, while we're recording this, I'm uh, working on a new video from my YouTube channel where I will talk about that, like uh, like the challenge of just uh, walking over the threshold out the door and getting out there. Because it's, it's so strange how our minds work. Like all of us know that that as soon as you go out, it, like even if it's raining, when it, when you have ran for one or two minutes, you're already warm and it's already feeling pretty good. And afterwards, you will feel great. We we know this, yeah. but still, it's so damn hard to walk <laughs> out that door. So it's yeah, I think it's important to find like strategies to motivate you to still go out uh, there those days when. Uh, when it's not so tempting <laughs> to go out there. So one of your strategies is obviously you set yourself a challenge of running every day, right? right. And yeah. that was every day for a year, but then it's continued. So can you talk me through what happened there? Because I think habits is really interesting yeah. part of that and, and plays a huge part in yeah. getting yourself out that door. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said earlier, uh, that was like after I had had these problems with my heart and it was starting to feel better. But I still at that point, I didn't know if I was going to be allowed to compete or, or push myself in a like <laughs> way I was used to do, like run really hard. So then I thought, OK, at least it's it can't be dangerous for me to go out for a short uh, run of just a couple of kilometers. Uh, so, so then I thought, okay, I will at least try to do this every morning directly when I wake up, just have a glass of water and then uh, go out for a short run. That way, even though I sit the rest of the day with the, at the computer working, I will at least like still feel like I'm, I'm still sort of an athlete and it's still like a part of my personality that I, I go out and, and move. And uh, also, like this running early in the morning before going to school or work, I, I actually started with when I was... Uh, 13 or 14 years old because I had an older club mate in my orienteering club in in Sweden where, where I grew up who, who made a, like a training program for me and then it was like going up early before school and then going for a 40 minute run so I started that and I remember that the feeling like the first time I did that it was yeah, of course hard to set the alarm clock and go up and go out but then like when I get back, got back home and uh, took my bike to school and then when I went to school, I like saw all these tired students arriving to this school and I felt like, okay, 
I've already been out running for six kilometers today and I felt like on the top of the world and I remember like how how much more energy I had and ever since then I have had it like a habit from now and then and uh, when I was training really seriously I had incorporated it in, into my training to start uh, the days we'd run but I never had it like I do it every single day but uh, then I thought okay maybe try this for a year and like really uh, set make it a habit to, mm. to like start every day with a run because it's always difficult when you wake up in the bed and think oh, okay I'm just going to <laughs> get my running clothes and go directly out there but but as soon as you decide that you, you okay I'm doing this every day and just after a month or so it was such a natural thing so, so mm. now I've been doing it for yeah, that was soon two years and it's every day. Yeah, so now it's not nothing. I like. I don't even think about so, it. Sorry, my Garmin. This is so stupid. This is such a running thing. My Garmin's telling me you haven't saved the run. We need, okay, it, it wasn't saying auto that you, save. That you auto need save. to move. At least. Yeah, yeah, get moving. Yeah. So, be two yeah. years. You say you've been yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, this uh, when this year is uh, over, it will be two years. That's amazing. And, and most days I run twice a day. So. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but I, with that say like those morning runs often they're like uh, not longer than 20 minutes it's just like a, a nice way to, to start the day and then uh, I do like more proper training in the afternoon go for a longer run but I, I do I can relate to I mean I've been trying <laughs> to do a thing just skipping hop, hop yeah. a towel and, and but that's just five minutes and my yeah maybe I, I, feel, I felt like at the beginning of the year I was like, like what can I do like what, what can I really achieve you know like realistically yeah. time-wise what can, I'm like if I can't get outside for five minutes to, to skip then there's something sad going on and I, I haven't managed to do it every day because of as I mentioned to you my yeah. heel injury but uh yeah. but it, uh, it feels great to have that habit and after a while it just becomes oh well this is what I'm doing now yeah. like and it's sort of that adds to the like you said stepping over that threshold yeah. adds to the well that's kind of it's what I have to do because yeah. I've set myself this target. Yeah, because you, you make it a lot easier for yourself. You don't have to like <clears throat> have that like uh, like inner conversation with yourself where you ask yourself, oh, maybe, maybe I should uh, jump uh, ropes uh, today. And then you say, oh, no, but it's pretty nice here in the <laughs> sofa. So but but if, you, if you already have decided, I'm doing this every single day, then it's, you make it a lot easier for yourself. Like, especially when it, for me, when I start every day with a run, when you lay in the bed to have that like uh, conversation every morning oh should i go up and run uh, maybe not it, it's much easier now when i okay, i know i'm doing it <laughs> it's not not an idea to start d debating with yourself like pros and cons you know okay i'm doing this it's <laughs> i think having the time in the day as well like the specific time when you do it like you said morning yeah, yeah. i think that's important as well because with my with my skipping that's one thing i would change if i got to rewind mm -hmm. like the january 1st because I have twice had to literally get out of bed in the night because I realized just <laughs> yeah. as I was about to fall asleep, yeah. I didn't skip today. Yeah. And so I had to, I've literally gone out, I've got out of my pajamas, put my, like, put some shorts on, <laughs> walked outside and skipped for five minutes, walked back inside with a big heart rate and like lay down on the bed and tried to go to sleep. So, <laughs> Maybe not recommended. Yeah, no, it, was, it sucked. And, yeah. uh, and now I'm at, towards the end of the year and I've like missed a few days because of heel injury and yeah. things. I realized that I probably could have just missed the day and no one would have cared. But yeah. it's a, but I think the, the key thing is habit. And I think that's, it's an interesting mm -hmm. thing as well when it comes to, I can tell by the way you, you manage at least your YouTube videos and things, you clearly have got into a habit of setting yourself up 
for like you you plan the videos obviously yeah. and you work very hard at making sure they're the right visuals and sound effects and things like that <laughs> which go probably go unnoticed <laughs> by most but uh, yeah. are really key parts to making it a great experience for the mm -hmm. viewer so the effort and time you put into that is obviously i would i would guess it's habit as well is you you're trying to like set ways in which you do that or yeah with, with the youtube channel it's it's a bit like uh, hard because i have these all these other jobs that i was talking about yeah. that i have to prioritize because that's what, what pays the yeah. <laughs> bills so so but so so now i basically have to like uh, fit it in when i have time but but of course i've made it on habit like if i have a day free i know that okay this is what i'm working on and uh, and have a plan for what i'm going to do that but i think it's really interesting what you're saying with that like uh, like uh, having a habit and really decide okay when are you going to do it for how long are you going to do it and make all those things clear for yourself because it's a lot easier if you would have known that okay every day at uh, six o'clock in the evening then i i yeah. do the training or then it, yeah, it becomes uh, a lot easier uh, that way yeah if you set yourself it's also your well one of the great things with running is if you've got a buddy to run with mm. then it's much easier yeah, like yeah. if you know someone's <laughs> going to be waiting outside your door at six in the morning then for sure you're getting out of bed <laughs> yeah, to go meet them because yeah, yeah. you're, you're a bit of an asshole if you don't okay so what i wanted to sort of ask you a bit about was your influences as well so who like whether it's running whether it's videography whether it's uh life generally who would you say your biggest influences are yeah, or who do you sort of look up to and follow and want to emulate yeah of course for life i had uh, many different uh, like idols and people i i look up to but uh one of the first and maybe biggest uh, idol I had was uh, Tilly Shushu. You probably don't know <laughs> no, I don't. who that is. Tilly Shushu. T it's a really difficult name. Tilly Shushu. It's French. And uh, but if there are any orienteering runners watching, you for sure know who he is because he's the, he's the greatest uh, male orienteering runner. Uh, uh, ever basically, I don't know if he has like 15 world championships gold or something like that but um he he was like the best orienteering runner when i was younger and he had a, a web page where he wrote about his like training and philosophy and and i was really like inspired by his journey like it was really cool he was coming from france and before him france had never won any gold medals in in orienteering running i mean it's the, basically the nordic countries and and, uh, and switzerland is also good in, in orienteering racing but he yeah really did everything it, it, it took to become the best and like his like work ethics and the way he approached things. So he has for sure been a, a big like inspiration, especially when I was hardcore into orienteering. And what's uh, pretty cool is that I, the last years, uh, I've been able to work uh, a lot with him because oh, wow. he, cool. when he stopped his career, he started to work as a coach for the Swedish orienteering national team. And I was a part of the like coaching team there as a physio and health coach. So, so I've been working <laughs> quite closely with him like for the last uh, couple of years. So yeah, that was <laughs> really cool that I, I got to see his like uh, <laughs> work mentality on close end. And uh, I've never seen a guy who works uh, harder in my life. And that like, uh, it's cool that uh, hard work pays, pays off. Yeah. So he's for sure been a uh, influence. Uh, 
And then when it comes to filmmaking, we were talking earlier about, about a guy who who's uh, called a, or his name is Casey Neistat. He's a famous YouTuber. Probably most people who are into YouTube at least know yeah. who knows who he is. Probably. And like his way of uh, like telling stories and making films is just uh, yeah, it's just incredible how he can make these like pretty often like mundane things in life into great stories that are really inspirational and makes you like motivated for life in 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 general so when i when i started uh, doing youtube myself and started getting more into to filmmaking five or six years ago he was for sure a big influence and then uh, yeah so, so those are at least two <laughs> people who have been really inspired from so obviously i know I do know Casey. <laughs> well, I don't know him, but I know about Casey Neistat, yeah. and uh, I think it's it, it's. Uh, I I've been interested to follow him as well because he, in terms of habit, he did a, video, a vlog for like I think it was five hundred and something yeah, days yeah. in a row, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> and they were such high quality videos yeah, yeah. every single day. Yeah. But I don't know if you've uh, sort of listened to any of the things he's done recently. Like he's been on a few podcasts and things and, and talked about actually that time. Mm and the strain it put on his relationships mm, yeah. and things because he was up, you know, everything in his life was about getting the shot, yeah. getting the moment, getting like, get, and it was, what can he contribute to the story of his, his video blog for that day? Yeah. And he was up in the middle of the night yeah. editing it. So. Yeah, it's the way he, he, he worked when he worked uh, with those daily vlogs is for sure not healthy no, <laughs> for anyone. And I mean, yeah, and that's like, a, a struggle and a balance I think for, for everyone that are like an ambitious person that to find the like balance that you you want to achieve uh, good things and want to put in a lot of work but don't like sacrifice what's really important in life like your relationships and your family and uh, mm. and all those stuff so yeah that's for sure uh, a challenge and a, and a struggle and that's like uh, also like uh, like has been sort of a shift for me like the last couple of years that uh, so I, I've looked up to these people that are basically workaholics but uh, for sure like <laughs> uh, nowadays I at least try to have like other priorities in, in life if if like spending time with my wife will uh, a bit more and uh, like uh, putting time into that relationship will will uh, make it so I don't release uh, an extra YouTube video. I'm for sure <laughs> uh, ready to prioritize that. And that is, uh, yeah, that's a challenge uh, for sure. And um, this last year I've been for sure been on the edge of working too much. And that's, that's always a struggle. Yeah, finding mm. balance is, I, I, yeah. I like what you said there, finding balance, it, it yeah. is really, really tough. I think, again, what I know about you, I said, I said it feels a bit like I'm a stalker because I know so much about you from your YouTube videos. But Aileen, your wife, yeah. uh, features in some of your videos. Yeah. She actually, uh, she did an ultra marathon as well, which yeah. is a very popular video you, yeah. you released. Um, so uh, hi to Aileen if you're listening to this. But uh, but she's obviously uh, a kind of rock in your life, and you guys yeah. have a very sweet relationship. I'd say you've shared your your honeymoon video, which I said <laughs> felt weird to watch because it's so personal, and you guys are traveling around yeah. Norway in coronavirus times. You know, having your honeymoon, which yeah. is so sweet, and losing stuff in rivers the whole time, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I was giggling to myself, but uh, but yeah, I think having a, a good 
um, rock a, a good base, whether it's a person or mm. something to go back to that, that grounds you, yeah. is is super important now. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair of me to reference Alien <laughs> in that way, but it certainly feels yeah, well, like you, for you sure know, that like uh, strong relationship. And she clearly supports you in your videos because yeah. uh, she's. She's been interviewed a few times and <laughs> brought in for <laughs> opinions. And yeah, 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 for sure. She's your uh, go-to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She's my, my best friend. And uh, also, uh, she helps me out, uh, out uh, a lot with, uh, with everything. And she's, she's like always the first person if I have created a video, even if it's for like, for like uh, my YouTube channel or a client I'm working with, she's the first person I show it for. And she often comes with very, <laughs> very good uh, feedback. So, and... Uh, to be honest, like uh, I would for sure, without her, I would for sure not live in Moss because uh, she's from here and that's a big part where we live here. But I don't think uh, that I would have dared to like uh, quit my job and start working for myself if I, if she wasn't like supporting me me all the way. I mean, when I was starting making, trying to make more videos and mm. uh, doing more of that, uh, uh, yeah, five years ago or something like that, uh, she was. Uh, really supportive although my videos were complete crap she <laughs> she still supported me and and yeah i was uh, yeah encouraging when i she saw the passion in, in what i was doing so yeah i'm super grateful to have a person like that uh, in my life for sure i doubt they were complete crap but yeah yeah i, I can see uh, you know you obviously as you get as you get more experience you get better so i mean that's where i'm at with podcasting as well so i, I mean they were crap i mean if, 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 you, if you want proof of that you can ask i haven't deleted any videos so you can just go back to, to like uh, the videos for like five years ago and uh, yeah but, but i don't think it's yeah it, it's uh, it's not bad to to make uh, bad videos or or i mean it's, it's part of the process you you can't be good when you start with things so no. so yeah it's uh, it, it's an important uh, lesson i learned that you can't be afraid of like not being the best then you will never be able to get good because you will never be able to do it a lot and that's how you get good at everything so. yeah it's interesting it's a really good point and it's uh it's an interesting experience for me at the moment i've got a six-year-old who wants to be the best at whatever she's doing yeah. at that moment in time and i'm trying to instill this sort of attitude of mm. like practice practice mm. is where you get yeah. <laughs> but of course you know it's all very well she's six and yeah. she <laughs> thinks she's the best dancer in that she's yeah. she does it once and she's got the best dance and yeah. she's you know she's a singer and things as well and yeah. and of course i'm completely biased as a dad yeah. but uh, she is <laughs> amazing yeah. but uh, she probably could get better yeah. <laughs> with a bit of practice yeah so. but that's uh, really like when i'm working with uh, coaching uh, kids and and uh, juniors to like that's like my main thing that I really try to to teach them the, the process that it's it's okay especially in orienteering running everybody does mistake even the world mm. champions do big mistakes and uh, get lost in the forest but that's how you learn I mean mm. it's, it's not yeah, it's okay to it's okay to fail <laughs> and it's quite important actually <laughs> well okay just a quick question there I'm interested to know how do you coach people orienteering when they're out when they go out, do you run with them or do you, you run with them? Do you run yeah, with them? yeah, so of course, when if you have a group with like 20 or 30 persons, you, you cannot run with everyone because you have to, in orienteering, you, you run by yourself. You don't run in a group because <laughs> otherwise you can just follow the other guys. Uh, but uh, what we do is, of course, you can, both before they go out on their course, you can discuss with them and then afterwards you can discuss with them and analyze they explain what they what where they went and we look it's a lot of looking at the map and trying to analyze but then also on, on trainings uh, we often 
have like uh, do short loops and then I try on a training where I coach to to follow as many people as possible so I follow one uh, uh, one person in one loop and then I we discuss a bit and then I follow another one so I try to because it's it's one thing discussing with them afterwards but if you're there with them in the forest and see how they how they react and respond when they get stressed it's a lot easier to come with uh, good feedback yeah <laughs> have you ever got lost with someone you're coaching <laughs> i mean if, if i also lose control when you because you're following them right yeah. have you ever got to the point where you're like oh they're lost and i didn't yeah I, I always uh, of course run with a map myself uh, behind the the athlete i'm coaching so uh, at least like I maybe I have like uh, done it sometime, but I I can't remember that I've gotten really <laughs> lost. <laughs> that would be that would be kind of hilarious. I I just got this image of you standing there going, oh oh great, <laughs> you lost track. I wasn't concentrating. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened yet but for sure it will happen someday <laughs> knock on wood well this this seems amazing this this uh it's obviously a big club because this is a big lovely clubhouse and things how many members does it have and like what's the i, I don't know how many members but uh, like uh, it's it's not a really big club but on a good training we are like maybe uh, 30 youngsters uh, who are competing and then they're in, in this club it was actually quite orienteering has been big here in most but it was quite dead for some years but then there were some some parents to the yeah, to the kids that are running in the junior class, classes now that uh, did a really good job and uh, built up a group around those kids so right now we're yeah, quite many from the age of like 18 and uh, and down to yeah, 10, 10 or, or even younger than that but then there's like a gap from like 18 to 30, 35. There, there are no no people running on the team here. So it's like the, the parent generation and the kids. So you get to crush everyone in the, your age group. <laughs> oh, actually, like the 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 best uh, junior uh, runner we have now, he's uh, starting to run <laughs> faster than me. And he's he's, he's uh, one of the best in his uh, his uh, age group now, and he actually won like a european gold medal in the relay for norway this year so that's so I'm, I'm starting to struggle to, <laughs> to keep, up, keep up with him on training so that's good motivation for me to keep in shape so yeah i can yeah. still coach, coach them in a good way and be able to follow them wait wait you missed that come back <laughs> to slow them down the hands for you well listen i think we should wrap up but i wanted right. to give you a chance to sort of put anything else out there so is there stuff you wanted to promote how to what, what do you want people to find you on what do you what, what are the any last words of wisdom uh, yeah for sure it's uh, nice if you check up my youtube channel if you want like uh, running related content or like some inspiring videos so can check out that but otherwise i want to say thank you for having me on the podcast and then i actually have one question for you if it's okay oh sure yeah, yeah we were talking a bit when we were out uh, running that uh, you're a parent of uh, two little girls yes yeah. <laughs> and uh, i mean i've just met you today but you seem like a really like ambitious person in everything you do so i just wanted to to uh, i'm becoming a parent soon myself to to two little girls myself we're having twins in a month or so so I wanted to ask you if, uh, like, how do you look at, like, how do you found, find the balance to be a really, like, uh, a, a good uh, dad and be a really present father and still, like, uh, 
have uh, the high ambition in everything else you do. Like, I want to hear a bit about <laughs> your thoughts around that. Um, there. Oh, that's I wasn't expecting the question, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to people turning it back on me. Um, honestly, uh, so the question is, how do I balance it? I, oh, I. So talking about purpose, for me, the number one purpose in my life is being a present yeah. and good dad. Yeah. So it's quite simple. I, I know you shouldn't live through your children. And, and people, a lot of people say, you know, make sure you keep your own life and things. But especially whilst they're young, for me, I get so much enjoyment out of the idea that whatever energy I'm putting into them, is going to be something in the future. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, hopefully it's all good energy and hopefully it's good influence and, and, it, and it ends up helping them live more fulfilled and um, and purposeful lives. But uh, yeah, so that, for me, it's not really about, well, balancing in terms of like, obviously I need to earn money, so I have a yeah. job, which, yeah. uh, you know, I need to do and, and yeah. that's just life, you know, you have yeah. to pay the bills and things and I try to make sure I enjoy my job and get fulfillment there as well. So I don't just live through my kids. But in terms of balancing, I think um, I've noticed for sure mental health wise, running or doing some form of exercise yeah. for me is very, very important. So yeah. prioritizing my own health is super important. But that's also because I know for for my head, mm. it's important. Yeah, for sure. um, so I, I guess that's more where I try and find the balance. In, in terms of ambition and wanting to achieve things, I want to try and inspire my kids, really, mm. but also hopefully other people, but really my kids. I, mm. I want to leave something behind. I, I, I'm not religious. I don't believe in afterlife and things, but I believe what you leave behind is the energy you put in other people. So mm. especially your kids, because they are with you <laughs> a lot. And uh, so you get a chance to put lots and lots of energy in them. And I feel that's where I prioritize my energy and yeah. and how i i guess finding balance is just making sure that that is you know i'm letting them be themselves i'm letting them experience life themselves and not trying to do things for them trying mm. to make them a certain way but uh, i feel like that was a really crap answer no i'm not a very good podcast guest <laughs> i'm not practicing being a podcast guest i mean practicing being a podcast uh, it was really really interesting to hear you elaborate a bit uh, about that because i'm for sure facing a, a new challenge in life <laughs> well i didn't to want it. to mention it because you told me before but i wasn't sure if you wanted to mention it on the podcast yeah, or whatever but uh <laughs> congratulations it's a very exciting time yeah. i think you uh, you're gonna make great parents both of you i from what i know obviously <laughs> uh, uh alien seems amazing and she seems extremely supportive of you and yeah. i can see that you know you guys are very caring loving people so I'm sure they're going to be little athletic uh, girls and, and running around <laughs> in the mountains and things. Uh, and I'm hoping my two enjoy that as well. So, uh, yeah, like uh, I wish you all the best with uh, with fatherhood. It's yeah. it's an incredible <laughs> journey and I'm sure you're going to love it. So thank Thanks. you very much, Joran, for joining me. And uh, yeah, please subscribe to Joran's uh, YouTube channel. I'll put the links wherever down below, but uh, he, you can find him. In, for those English speakers, it's Goran Winblad is, is how impossible it, is how it would is how it would look for for us people. Uh, Joran Winblad, yep. yeah, is is how you pronounce it. But yeah, check him out on YouTube. Go uh, check out a bunch of his videos, like and comment and things. And actually, he ends up re responding to a lot of comments, so uh, you might even get to interact with him. And obviously, if you're in Norway or have want to do remote coaching, he also does some coaching and stuff as well uh, for running and things. But uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Joran, and uh, take care, everyone. We'll see you in the next podcast.
okay thanks for watching uh congratulations again to Joran and Aileen for becoming parents since recording that and uh yeah please don't forget to check out mental fitness mondays uh on monday evenings if you have the time and the inclination uh if you need more details just hit me up that's all that's all good all right take care